What's up, Dub Nation? This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a sports ethos presentation. Sam Orlick here. Man, Warriors, two back-to-back bad beats, absolutely destroyed versus Toronto, and then again here against the Pelicans. Um, Warriors now find themselves 17-20 and 20 overall. They finished the homestand just two and five, and they're now five losses behind the sixth seed with a four-game road trip coming up against the Bulls, Bucks, Grizzlies, and Jazz. That's the bad news. The good news is Draymond Green suspension has been lifted. He's now with the team, and he's ramping up, uh, which couldn't come at a better time, honestly. Without Chris Paul... Without Draymond Green, without GP2, the Warriors have been anything but connected in their recent games. And while there was so much uh, anticipation of opportunity for the young guys like Moses Moody, uh, Pajetsky, Trace Jackson Davis, Kaminga, um, who have all had their moments, ultimately the end result um, winning and losing really is the only thing that matters when it comes to ensuring you're in position to even make the play in tournament at this point. Um, you can see, you can see the loss of, of the guys who aren't available. Uh, and I think, I think, you know, on the one hand, you know, Toronto and the Pelicans each have incredibly large teams where, you know, at least three different positions on the floor at any time. There's a mismatch uh, with size and strength and, and athleticism. So these two opponents in particular, you basically had to have Draymond Green, if not get everyone else's A game, knock down your shots, hope the Pelicans don't knock down their shots or Toronto don't knock down their shots. Um, but Warriors didn't give these teams any reason to have to work for it. Um, both games, the Toronto game and the game tonight against the Pelicans, Warriors did not come out with the requisite amount of energy, um, aggressiveness, and and poise. Instead, it was uh, disjointed starting units that led into rushed missed shots or turnovers, which then got the other team going in transition, so they're getting easy looks. We're not getting good looks, or we're throwing the ball away. And uh, both cases, you know, Warriors getting off to bad starts early, getting down, you know, 9-2, 15-4, finding yourself in a hole early, and playing catch-up the whole game. Uh, in both games, against Toronto and the Pelicans, um... Warriors showed some poise. They they were able to string together some stops. They were able to hit some shots offensively and give themselves a chance to climb back into the game, you know, cutting a 27-point deficit to 10 um, at one point versus the Raptors. And uh, similar situation against the Pelicans tonight, um, you know, found themselves down 20-plus and were able to cut it to 10 at one point. Um, but not being able to hang on, not being able to... Um, sustained that level, and both teams in both cases uh, responded um, with their own runs that then basically put the game out of reach. 
Um, Wiggins continues to just look like um, the regression on offense for him is real and continues to be an exacerbating issue for the Warriors because at the same time, he is really your best defensive option to play on the floor um, at most times. And while you'd love that to be Kaminga, whose offense seems to be coming along just fine, really finding his stride and getting downhill, recognizing mismatches, drawing fouls or attacking the rim, not settling for jumpers. Um, And then at other times, keeping his eyes open and looking for his teammates, always looking to feed Curry and Thompson if they're open, Um, as well as, you know, fighting for rebounds. But defensively, Kaminga oftentimes is finding himself in a position where he's making mistakes. Sure, there are situations in in one-on-one coverage where he is able to, you know, match up with his man and and take the assignment and maybe get a stop. But off-ball and on-screen navigation, he's typically making mistakes, which is leading to miscommunication, which is leading to other teams getting wide-open shots. And, you know, this is a two-game sample size where you see, you know, the classic case of, oh, this guy's shooting you know, 27% on threes for the season. And he comes in against us and he makes his first three because they're just wide open looks. Um, Anyone in this league, regardless of your shooting percentage, if given the opportunity and given open looks, you can get into rhythm and you can, you know, have that night be the night that, that you can get off. And I'm sure teams know that at this point, going up against the Warriors, the, our, our shortcomings and limitations and weaknesses are documented. Teams know that, you know, hurt us in transition. You can turn them over. They're going to make mistakes, be ready to get out and run and take open shots. Um, and so we just feel felt like in these last two games, we just played right into it. Uh, didn't feel like we had that, that um, intensity and, and effort on the offensive boards with second chance points, which is something that the Warriors have leaned on a lot this season. When things aren't going their way offensively, they're at least able to, you know, capitalize on their missed shots and and finish and draw fouls. Um, And while I look at the box score of both of these games and see that um, really in both cases, the rebounds weren't that all that out of whack Um, in Toronto, it was uh, 45 rebounds for the Raptors and 43 for the Warriors, 15 offensive for the Warriors, only nine offensive for the Raptors. And then tonight against the Pelicans, uh, Warriors, 47 boards, 14 offensive. Pelicans, uh, 51 boards, 13 offensive. So despite the obvious size disadvantage for the Warriors, you don't see them getting beat up on the glass. But what I feel like the box score is lacking is the timing of some of these plays. Because in both games, there were opportunities where the Warriors or situations where the Warriors were starting to to show some intensity, show, show some signs of life. Maybe they just got to stop and two scores and, and then they force a miss, but they don't get the defensive rebound and the other team gets a put back and, and scores it. And you're just so close to finishing off that possession to helping, you know, really get yourself back into the game. And they just haven't been able to turn the corner where, you know, maybe, you, you know, two, three possessions in a row, you reel off a quick seven or nine points, a, a 20 point deficit looks, you know, is down to 13 or 12 or 11. Um, but then the other team, you know, they're poised and, and they execute and get a couple buckets and hit a big three and we turn it over and then there you go. It's back up to 20 points again. So um, 
yeah, this has been tough. This is some some really tough Warriors basketball. We're in a really bad place at the moment, and you can see the lack of leadership in that second unit um, in these last two games, and 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 the impact of missing Chris Paul. And you know, Pajetsky's trying to run the offense out there a little bit. You got Corey Joseph doing the same, um, but neither really command the expect or or are able to get the unit organized in a way to execute consistently. And it ends up being a lot more scattered plays, um, a lot more one-on-one isolation, trying to post up Wiggins, uh, trying to post up Sarge. You're not seeing that patented pick and pop um, play between Chris Paul and Sarge that they run so well. You know, I, I felt like there have been a lot of games where we get down early and then you have Chris Paul and Sarge come in and Sarge just rips off a quick 10. You know, hits a couple threes, gets a couple layups, starts feeling really good. And yeah, he's not going to play 30 minutes and go off for 20. But you need, you know, you need guys to kind of find their rhythm and momentum. And, and I feel like that's really hurt us in these two games is not getting that quick six to 10 points from Sarge that that we've just kind of grown accustomed to because he's been so effective. And, and him and Chris Paul have, have just played so well together, that two man game. And you see that, you know, he's missing that. He doesn't have that same rapport with Curry or he's not really on the floor at the same time that Curry is. And, and um, you know, Corey Joseph is the third, third string point guard. I don't know what much more you expect for a guy that's getting paid the, the minimum uh, who doesn't complain about touches. You know, you see the effort from him. There were a couple plays where he dove on the ball and, and saved us from turnovers. So yeah, he had, he had open looks at three. He didn't hit. He's definitely not um, an ace defensively like GP two is. But again, at the end of the day, you had him for insurance that you at least had somebody you could throw out there who can be a professional um, who's been in this league and can run, you know, run sets. And, and I think that's that's what you're seeing It just, you know, to expect anything more and feel like he's the reason of our of our demise or, or you know, isn't helping. It's like, well, who else are you going to put on the floor to run point? Because he's really, you know, I think pods is is more of a combo guard. I think he's. He could he could potentially evolve into more of a point guard role, but I just don't see him right now having the ability to single handedly kind of set up other teammates, dice up the the opposing offense. Pods had some pretty bad turnovers in the first half, um, just some some bad gimmies, telegraph passes that just really had had no business being thrown. Um, and he's been pretty good on the year with his turnovers, so it was a little um, out of character for him. But that's you know, that's young players. You're trying to learn the game. You're trying to get a feel for it. He's trying to push the ball up the floor in transition and just not recognizing or having the awareness in the moment of the length that is the New Orleans Pelicans with a lot of guys with significant wingspan that are that like to overplay and, and get steals and, and a lot of different guys that can do it in their starting lineup off the bench. Um, they're a very complete team and that's why you know they are where they are in the standings um and and this that you know this is a team that's been talked about for a while that have just hasn't been able to uh, in the new orleans pelicans that just hasn't been able to be healthy to to really kind of make it to the postseason when they've got all their pieces but you can see what they what they are able to do when they're healthy and at full strength um very tough team to play against so um, again, it's, it's going to be, this is going to be a really rough stretch for the Warriors. I know that there's a lot of people that are grinding away at the trade machine and, and feel like Warriors need to make a move. 
Um, you know, I, I don't know if I disagree, but I don't know that the Warriors are just going to make a move to make a move. I think that it needs to be the right deal. And I think that the Warriors really want to see what this team looks like with Draymond Green. I've been talking about this for a long time, but, you know, this team has really lived or died by Draymond Green and his availability and his um, ability to make winning plays on both ends of the floor that we haven't been able to replicate uh, anywhere else. And, and that's and that's really missed on the defensive end. Um, he can single-handedly anchor the defense, erase other teams' mistakes, put guys in the right place, be that vocal leader. Um, so it will be really great to get Draymond Green back on the floor, see what... Um, you know, where he's at headspace-wise, what kind of intensity he's going to play, how much, you know, how much antics are there with referees. Um, but so far, he's said all the right things, talking about how he's cost his teammates enough. Um, Steve Kerr making comments that, you know, they really don't want Draymond to, to have any antics with referees at all, just really, you know, ignore them altogether, and, and that he's run out of chances. This is really it for him. Um, to, to show that he's beyond, you know, the, the actions of, of the past year and a half or so, two years, and he can be the player that he once was so effective and, um, and so in instrumental in the Warriors winning at a high level. So will be really interesting to see how all of that plays out. Uh, GP2 will be great to get him back in a couple weeks. Um, but in the meantime, uh, Moses Moody... Going off 21 points in back-to-back -back games. Um, he kind of came out in the fourth quarter limping a little bit, so I haven't seen any reports yet, but I'll be keeping my eyes open for anything that might be going on with Moody that might, you know, keep him out. If that was just maybe, um, you know, a little soreness that, you know, he's ready to roll for uh, for Warriors' next uh, matchup um, or if, if it's something more serious. Um Dubs go back-to-back -back Friday and Saturday, so it uh, will be interesting to see how they handle that given how things have gone for the team this season. Um, that's going to be at Chicago and at Milwaukee, uh, so definitely not um, easy games. And then you go um, at Memphis and at Utah on um, Monday and Wednesday. So uh, Warriors are going to have a chance to right the ship. They haven't been a bad road team this year certainly feels like they haven't been worse on the road than, than how they've been at home. Um, obviously not ending the homestand how you wanted to this, this kind of pivotal part of the season for them to make up in the standings. None of that's gone how you wanted it to go. Uh, but you look up at the standings and you just see that there isn't that much separation, even going up to like the eighth seat, obviously, you know, five games out of six is, um, a substantial, you know, climb right now, but you've still got more than half the season to go. So I still feel like it's really hard to evaluate this team without Draymond Green. Uh, that being said, you know, the last two games have not, the last two games have been very tired Warriors basketball, not really executing anything on either end of the floor, not really establishing um, an identity and um, at times showing a lack of awareness and attention to detail um, and just playing, you know, Warriors brand of basketball. So um, certainly disappointing to say the least. 
And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. If you haven't already, please give me a follow over on Twitter. That's at SDWarlick. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And we'll catch you on the